Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Me and Dave are here to go through it. So, yeah, I'm Chris, and joining me as ever is Dave. How are you, Hello. Sir? I'm very well, thanks, Chris. How are you? Uh, not too bad. I was going to say a, a bumper Premier League weekend, but just the two Premier League games this week, Dave. Uh, so I think we should pad it out with the the, uh, the FA Cup, because I imagine that'll have been exciting. Um, mm-hmm, right. yeah. <laughs> so, so let's spend 15 minutes talking over the weekend's football then, shall we? Uh, <laughs> We'll start off then. Let's start off with the first FA Cup quarterfinal. I, I, for some reason, I kind of forgotten it was the quarterfinals because it had been that long. For some reason, I thought it was like the um, the sixth round or well, the one before the quarterfinals. Yeah, I, it, I think th- those previous rounds kind of got lost a bit because they were all midweeks, weren't they? Ah, yes, they were. They were the midweek games. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading that like it's been some, like I don't know what it was, 103 days or something since Man United beat Derby to get through, and it was like. I don't remember that match happening at all, but uh, it did. <laughs> so, so yeah. fair play. Uh, so to start the quarterfinals off, it was Norwich hosting uh, Manchester United at uh, Carrow Road. Um, a rotated side from Man United, but equally quite a strong side at the same time. They kind of, obviously, they, as everybody does in the cup, change their goalkeeper, because that seems to be a rule if you're a Premier League team. Igalo um, scoring... Uh, kept up his record of scoring in every start he's made for Man United now uh, to, to to get them off and underway before uh, too good for Norwich Todd Cantwell uh, knocked in equaliser uh, and this game actually went into extra time and um, Harry Maguire snatched it two minutes from time what do you make of this game? Well it was kind of a typical Norwich performance where they had enough chances to win it but didn't take their chances and then very nearly got got away with it um, but then they made a massive defensive rick and obviously um, closer got sent off in what was it 80, 88, 89 minutes 89th minute yeah, yeah. Um, and after that I think it, they were hanging on for dear life for penalties he looked shocked um, to be sent off didn't he closer considering yeah, he just I, threw Igalo <laughs> on the floor I mean it couldn't it was the easiest red card decision for a long time like pretty much obviously denying obvious goal scoring opportunity he made no attempt to play the ball. It was outside the box. Um, it was obviously going to be a red card. Um, I, I thought Solskjaer was quite naive with this because he just kept putting on more and more forwards, which obviously you'd expect him to do mm-hmm. in uh, in this scenario. But they were just in each other's way for the most part. Like yep. The amount of times they tried to pass the ball out wide to Rashford and Luke Shaw was in the way. And it's like, Luke, like you can't help this situation. <laughs> I think the commentators mentioned at one point that Man United had threw all their forwards on, but then they were all bunched up together. And there was only Rashford who was staying out wide because he's been yeah. playing that out wide left role, hasn't he? And letting Martial go through the middle, and especially in this game. 
But that's mainly because there would have been nowhere for him to go in the middle. <laughs> well, that's it exactly. It was uh, it was a mess. But uh, I thought Bruno Fernandes was probably as poor as I've seen him since he came to, to England. Uh, I know his little flick for what was the red card was very nice, but the rest of the time he just seemed to shovel the ball about. He normally is quite a clean strike of the ball, but uh, didn't seem particularly on it. Uh, Man United going for records in substitutions. So in their last game, they broke. The, they were the first team ever to make five subs at the same time. Mm. Uh, and then as if they were going for some kind of record, they were the first team uh, in English history to make six substitutions in one game. Well, this is like Sven Goran's dream, isn't it? <laughs> nothing but subs. Everyone yeah. gets some minutes. I'm hoping these sort of records aren't actually being maintained because they are completely and utterly fucking pointless. But certain quarters were making a big deal out of it, like it, like it was a big thing. Like, well, well, no, it isn't. Um, <laughs> would Norwich have won on penalties, do you reckon? I mean, it's a, it's a coin toss, isn't it? I mean, they beat Spurs on penalties in the previous round, so I guess you'd say, Tim, well, the form's, Tim, with, the form's with them. <laughs> Tim Krul is a regarded as a penalty-saving expert. Uh, well, I guess he... Can do. I mean, he uh, did it for Holland, didn't he? That time, famously, and of course, he's as I say, did it for Norwich in the previous round, and probably another couple of occasions I've forgotten about. But the amount of players Man United had on who could take a pen, obviously, you know, Fernandez, Rashford, Martial. I imagine Green would have taken a good pen. Um, Pogba obviously fancied chances, like, and who would Norwich have had? You'd have to say Man United would have been the favourites had it gone there, but it is a lottery. Most of those yeah. players I've listed from my have missed pens this season. So. Yeah, so Norwich didn't look, to, as you say, didn't look too bad. They looked like they could have got something out of the game. Uh, and I think just as further into the game it went, it kind of looked like they were aiming for penalties. So I think Maguire scored with like minutes, like a minute, two minutes to go as well, didn't they? Yeah, I always feel bad, especially when it's, like, it's a game on the BBC, so there's a lot of neutrals watching. Um Everyone, in, pretty much, you know, everyone outside of Man United fans were won penalties in this match, <laughs> and it got denied from the last minute. So it's um, always a shame. Last point I've got really: um, Todd Cantwell, he, he's clearly too good for Norwich, mm. isn't he? He won't be there next season. You wouldn't have thought so. No, uh, he's. Um, is it him and Pookie? You've got something like eighty percent of Norwich's goals between them. Um, and I don't particularly rate Pookie that highly, in all honesty. I know he scored a lot of goals at the very start, but it didn't take long for him to figure it out. Um, but Cantwell looks looks the part. I think he can uh, he can play at a high level. Where do you think he'll end up? I don't know. There's a lot of talk of him ending up at Arsenal, because apparently he's a, a boyhood Arsenal fan. All right. Uh, uh, he has already, dis- to, and to add credence, this is also back, come out in an interview apparently and said, because there was rumours that Tottenham were interested, and he was like, nope. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, how that'll work if they're the only club that come in for him it'd be interesting to see uh, I don't know I think he's it's difficult because I say he looks so bright playing for someone like Norwich you know do you think then he goes to Arsenal or even you know a, 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 a top six club although can't really claim that about Arsenal at the moment uh, you know could he go somewhere and then getting swallowed up by them you know or could he go to somewhere like West Ham and, and you know and, and do alright uh, something like that. It's, I, I'm, I was not, say, I'm not sure. I was going to suggest Leicester would be a good home from. Um, although we'll obviously come on Leicester in a bit, and they've kind of lost their way a bit recently. But it, generally, yeah, in terms of the culture of the squad, young English players, and he 
he's another one who doesn't on what's his position like is he a number 10 is he like a, he plays off the left a lot like kind of needs to go somewhere and, and find a position um which I'd, I'd say mm. if they if they didn't already have uh, quite a few players in this position, I'd suggest somewhere like Chelsea, you mm. know, the way Frank Lampard likes his teams to play uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, I suppose Leicester wouldn't be a bad show for him. But so I'd, I'd take him at the Emirates. But you know, is he going to start every game? Although at the moment, probably, um, <laughs> especially if he can play centre back. Um, <laughs> We'll come on to the two Premier League games from the weekend then, uh, spread over both days to not get in the, uh, take any uh, anything away from the FA Cup. Although I believe that a lot, a lot of the schedule in the uh, Premier League games at the moment is to not take any attention off the Championship. Because the Championship games are all on TV as well, so that's another reason they're being spread out so much. Mm, I think it's probably an element of Sky obviously have got Championship to juggle in as well with the Premier League, so they're probably quite happy to give up some games to BT where the times where they can put championship matches on instead. So, I mean, it's all there to be watched, isn't it? It's like, it's not, there's not an awful lot else going on. So. Well, yeah, I suppose. Uh, so, Aston Villa hosted Midland Rivals Wolves at Villa Park. Uh, Villa, again, continuing looking bright, but unable to stop Wolves, who have a 100% record uh, since the restart. Uh, they have won all three games, conceding no goals. And this is form that has... Basically, picked up exactly where they left off because they've net they're unbeaten in the last seven games with six clean sheets. Uh, Dendonka getting the uh, winner here rather than Jimenez. Um, but again, Villa looked pretty good in this. What do you think? Oh, I was very disappointed with them because I mean, Wolves. Let's be fair, Wolves were brilliant defensively. Like mm-hmm. they're so solid back there. I mean, I think Glenn Hoddle made the point on commentary they're the best team to play wing backs both offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got. It didn't, look like Villa were ever, it didn't look like Villa were ever going to win it, but they, they they look bright. If you know what I mean, it can't be the same way Norwich do. They just didn't make any chances. Like I mean, again, a lot of that's down to Wolves, um, and I didn't really think the system he changed to because Dean Smith played um, like a diamond, if you like, to try and get yeah. Grealish on the ball a bit more. But Samato and, uh, and Davis, I don't remember having a clean chance between them. They had quite a few like kind of half headers over the bar, but. Um, uh, <laughs> Villa just don't score enough goals. And I think if you nullify Grealish, you nullify Villa. Yeah. It was Grealish's quietest game in a while. And mm-hmm. Wolves are so efficient. I, I don't think putting them in the middle was a particularly good move because if we say Wolves have got three centre-backs in there plus the two centre-mids uh, and indeed Dendonka as well for this game. So I think I'd rather be leaving them out wide and try to uh, get them one-on-one but with you know Doherty or... Uh, well, Johnny out there, but put him in the middle. It was just the whole game was played in that sort of central area of the pitch, and it was it was always going to be one goal either way, I think. But uh, Wolves are, are just just coming into form at a great time for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, chasing chasing Champions League spot at the moment. You know, obviously Chelsea have uh, were distracted by the FA Cup this weekend, but they got a big win in midweek uh, to mm. keep them in the hunt. But obviously, you know, the likes of Sheffield United, who will come on to shortly, uh, falling away. A little bit, which, which as well, but yeah, Wolves could could cap a great season, but they pretty much, I'd say they're now done for European football again, and they're still in the Europa League for this season as well. Yeah, I guess, I guess it helps that all that will take place um, after the season's finished. So mm-hmm. if you, it's it's actually ideal for Wolves really because you can go hell for leather to try and get top four, and if it doesn't work out, you can go again for the Europa League. Yeah. Um, They've got nothing to lose. I mean, 
imagine if you told Wolves fans five years ago you could be on the verge of playing in the Champions League when they were down in League Two with Dean Saunders and in the dugout like it's <laughs> League One so it's uh, they've come a long way Managers put aside that they they look that one of the better sides in the league, as I have done for the last year and a half, I suppose. But they they yeah they always seem to hit form at the right time. Uh, they could have made this more comfortable, I suppose. Um, Eric Nyland making um, a bit of a clanger that was unpunished as well, where he just kind of threw the ball behind himself and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's a he's a lunatic. I, don't, I mean Pepe Reina must actually have Chris Packett's hands if he's worse than him. Because <laughs> in the, in in what's that the three games we've had since we come back, he's made handling breaks in all of them. I think. Mm-hmm. He's, he's only uh, young as well, isn't he? Though. I've no idea. I I don't know much about him other than he keeps yeah, dropping planets. He's, but... he's only quite younger. It is strange because Reina was doing so well before the restart, and and like he was fit when the restart happened. He's been on the bench for every game, I think. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure why he hasn't been playing. Uh, unless it's just Dean Smith planning for the future, because obviously how long yeah. the is there for, I, I, I don't know. But they're, they're still in with a chance of getting out of the relegation zone. Well, that's it. I mean, they're on 27 points, uh, which is the same as the two teams above them, but obviously they've now played a game more. They're essentially one point behind Watford, who have played the same games as them, and we'll come on to Watford in a bit, but I've seen nothing from them to suggest that they're uh, as safe as I predicted last week. So... Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot to play for down there. Yeah. Uh, Troy Ore again comes off the bench, involved in the, in in the winner. Uh, not directly this time. He just played the ball to Troy uh, to Jimenez, who for a striker played quite a pass. Jimenez is brilliant. He, um, I think we said this last week, but he could play for pretty much any team in the Premier League and not look out of place. Mm-hmm. He uh, he can just do everything. Like he has no obvious weakness. He's good in the air. He's good with his feet. He's pretty. He's not rapid, but he's pretty quick. He drifts wide. He can play the sort of wide forward role if you need him to. Um, he's uh, he's so consistent as well. Like it's very rare he has a an off day, um, and he's not selfish either, as you saw here. The, the pass through to uh, to Johnny, who obviously laid it off to Dunnonka. Really, really good. Um, so there's a lot of labour wolves. Uh, that puts them what fifth. Yeah. Three, three points behind Leicester. I mean, forget Chelsea. I think Leicester, Leicester now the team to catch. I know maybe not right now, but it's only a matter of time the way they're going. That's, that's the thing I say. Sheffield United have fallen off. Leicester haven't looked convincing. Uh, so yeah, you know, Wolves could could break it into. You know, fifth could be enough for a Champions League place this season. Um, yeah. But you know, they, they could they could they could chase down that top four. Uh, I think they're in a better, they're in a really good position to do it. Um, I say they've got all the, all the momentum. You're kind of almost rather in Wolves' position than Leicester's because it's very hard to, after the start they made, to then try and go again and get back to that level, always reaching for that, you know, kind of why can't we as good as we were back then? I think that, in terms of mentality, you'd just rather be in Wolves' position right now. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll come on to the other Premier League game then of the weekend. Now, this was a Sunday, on Sunday. Uh, Watford, who we've just mentioned, uh, that I didn't actually realise they were quite as much in the relegation dogfight because they seemed to have a, a run that got them out of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking last week when I was talking to you about it, obviously, um, I, I thought they were a lot safer than they actually yeah. are. But uh... Yeah, they came up against a Southampton team who were fought, who fought their way out. Uh, interesting enough, the last time these two teams met, they were the bottom two in the Premier League, and Southampton are pretty much safe now. Um, but Watford gave 
very little in this game. Uh, coming away, f- losing 3-1 three, three, at home. Uh, Danny Ings getting his 20th and 21st goal of the season. And just, I think 18 of those have been in the Premier League now. He just doesn't miss. I mean, that, that first goal, if um, you know, Harry Kane scores that, people are talking about it for, for weeks. Yeah, they're not, he doesn't uh, score, he's not scoring tappings either, is he? No, like, but two really good finishes. Mm. And... The second one as well, the, the angle's getting tight all the time and you're just thinking he's going to score. It doesn't matter. He, he will score. <laughs> yeah, I, I say against Ben Foster, who's um, highly rated as one of the better uh, goalkeepers at the bottom end of the table as well. Um, but yeah, Watford just did not look... You know, they seem to have got themselves out of trouble, I thought anyway, uh, until like looking at the table and stuff like that. Um, a lot can probably be attributed to three of their players. I believe it's Andre Gray, Nathan Chalabar and... Uh, Somebody with the surname Keener. Um, yeah. Go, going out to a party on Friday night. Yeah. To be honest, as soon as I read that that had happened um, and they were all left out of the Matchday squad, I thought that that's not, not going to be a happy house. And I mm. immediately bet on Southampton to win. Um, it's just a stupid thing to do, especially it would be bad enough if like a mid table player with nothing to play for did it. When you're in a relegation scrap, you just need everybody to be pulling in the same direction and yeah, doing exactly. what they're told. Let especially alone as, in the middle of a pandemic. Well, exactly. Especially when um, was it Mariapa uh, had it earlier on, yeah, quite 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 early on in I've, in the I testing. Think, I think Watford have had multiple positive tests as well for their staff and players. And then when you add to that, obviously Deeney, the captain, was fairly outspoken about not wanting to even go back, which again I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and have his own teammates do that. It's, <laughs> I mean. It, 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 loved, it, it, it loved to be in a flower on the wall. <laughs> yeah, they asked Pearson about it after the game, and he was like, uh, I'm not prepared to comment on it uh, until I know the full details. But you could tell in his face he was fucking livid. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the one thing he's good at, that's getting irate. Like, it's, uh, he doesn't have a history of these sort of things happening because he was in charge of Le- wasn't he in charge of Leicester when they had their issues in Thailand? That was his son, his wasn't it? His son was involved <laughs> as well. You know, so I don't know if it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm all for a management style of have, being a bit easy, you know. And as long as you as long as you're turning up and performing, you know, I'll I'll let the reins off and whatever. But I don't know when your players are, are, are publicly going out to parties in in the middle of a pandemic, especially as I say, if it hadn't been for the pandemic, football players going out on a Friday night is bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to, to to be going out in the middle of a pandemic and everything is absolutely ridiculous and. You know, uh, Andre Gray is quite a highly rated player. Uh, Nathaniel Shalabar, he's um, under 21, like his brother? I think he's the older one, isn't he? So he, he's had his he's time in the 21s, yeah, and he's, but he's had he's had so many injuries as well. The fact that he's fit and able to play and yet is still doing this kind of shit, like, how stupid are you going to be? Yeah, and out of the three, he's probably the one that maybe would have started. Because I think he's played yeah. quite a few games for them this season, you know. Uh, Keener is the lad who Barcelona wanted to sign from West Ham last season, I believe. And he chose Watford and instead. He ended up at Watford. Well, it happens, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll come on to Southampton, though. So, yeah, Dan- Danny Ings, absolutely fantastic. Uh, another thing I was quite surprised about is James Ward-Prowse scored a, a brilliant free kick in this game. He's obviously, you know... He- He's a, he's a set piece specialist, isn't he? Really, mm. um, but I didn't realise this was the, his first goal in twenty games, and the last time he scored was also against Watford. Well, 
There you go. That, that's obviously, surprising. He's obviously not that good at free kicks, is he? Well, apparently not. But I've, for some reason, thought he's got quite a few this season. But maybe he scored them all in a, like a batch much much earlier on in the campaign. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this is Southampton's best season. It's their best points total uh, in the last three seasons as well. And they've still got seven games to go. Uh, so it shows the 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 job that um, Ralph has do, has done there in, in his time. Uh, what the only other thing I wanted to to bring up is I didn't really notice this too much because I didn't watch too much of this game personally. Is um so is it Che Adams who they've got? Yeah, we spoke about a few times. Went there from Birmingham for big money, highly regarded, and, and has literally hasn't done a thing, hasn't scored. I don't think <laughs> yet. Um, he, hasn't, no. he got a lot of praise on social media on uh, over the weekend for, for, for his what? performances. Um, Southampton fans seem to be quite happy with him, and they're like ac- literally desperate for him to score because they think it'll do him the the world of good. Now, I've seen other people compare him to Dominic Solanke and stuff it's like that. It's not a comparison. Exactly. No one ever wants to say that. Like. <laughs> yeah, who, who fans <laughs> are definitely not praising on social media um, <laughs> in, in any aspect. So. I'm just wondering. Like, he's obviously he's, he seems to be quite talented. I think we've spoke before. He doesn't he doesn't look the cleverest of of, of players uh, and whatever. But Southampton fans are obviously seeing something in him and are rooting for him. But how many chances is he going to get? Especially like when they've got someone like Danny Ings there who's doing the business. Shane Long he's coming in and playing every now and again, and you know, and he puts in a shift, doesn't he, Shane Long? That's what one thing you can say about him. Um, yeah, so I wonder how, how long Shay Adams got, and I just wonder if you had any thoughts. Like, have you seen him play? Have you seen anything that shows? Like, I a, mean, a positive. Uh, he came on for about ten minutes here on on Sunday, but uh, he won the free kick, didn't he? Oh, I did. I thought it was things. Oh, well, never mind. Um, he he. Um, I know that a few championship clubs tried to loan him in January, and they obviously felt enough of him to keep hold of him. Um, when it would have been easier way out to loan him out and say, "Well, go and go and score some goals at a lower level and then come back," but. Um, he must be doing it behind the behind uh, behind the scenes, I think. But uh, it's funny, you know, really. Southampton obviously got beat nine nil, and that's been the turning point for them. Um, it just makes you wonder, like, to play us need to get that, you know, that absolute thrashing to really sort themselves out, or whether it's just a coincidence that after that game, he's obviously changed a few players around. It's made all the difference. So they 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 look a, a a much better team, but Southampton do this, don't they? They have they have really bad runs, and then suddenly they 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 look at they look like world beaters, and then they finish fifteenth. <laughs> what are they now? Thirteenth, forty uh, points. Yeah, they're around that. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah, they're on forty points, which is it's the first time in three years they've made forty points, which shows how bad they've been. Although obviously Hughes was there for a little bit, <laughs> um, which which probably explains quite a lot of that. Um. On to Sunday's pro, uh, FA Cup games then. We'll start off with the early one. Uh, Sheffield United hosted Arsenal in their quarter-final. Uh, a repeat uh, of quite a legendary semi-final uh, from a, a while ago. Um, Sheffield United, they are not the same team at all from pre-lockdown. And it's absolutely brilliant. I thought we were playing <laughs> Stoke. <laughs> um, I saw absolutely none of this game. I've seen the goals, but that's about it. But I mean, this is your your lads, so you can take the reins on this one. So, what uh, were not? What, what were they not doing that they were doing before? Uh, well, they 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 take a lot of long throw-ins. Like if they mm. signed Rory Dilap on a free transfer, I w- would not be surprised. Uh, I think we spoke about it in the in the show since we've been back that they don't have that attacking 
threat where they they come forward uh, as much. And so, I remember you saying last week because they've got like Jack Robinson in rather than one of the the, the other lads. Um, but yeah, they 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 generally did not not look. I won't say they didn't look a threat because they they caused Arsenal trouble uh, definitely. Um, but they don't look like this free flowing attacking team that they seem to have had. Uh, Longstrom came back in. He scored early doors uh, and had it. Um, disallowed for off, right, rightly for offside um, and then he went off injured and after he went off injured they didn't really have anything in an attacking thing you know a few set set pieces obviously you know like the Basham and that lot uh, uh, have caused trouble for defences all up and down the Premier League this season um, I, th- I thought it was strange that Arsenal got, still got a little bit of a kicking on social media uh, because they looked a bit rocky defensively but as I, as I say, Sheffield United, of course, a lot of teams' problems this season with their you know their centre backs from set pieces and stuff. Um, but yeah, David McGoldrick scored past us, I Dave. <laughs> well, that was the most like <laughs> lower league FA Cup goal of all time. I know they're not lower league. Com- I it, saw it, it coming as well. It was. Uh... Was that his first goal of the season, or first? He hasn't scored a Premier League goal yet, has he? I haven't seen him score a goal this season, and I've watched mm. all the Premier League games. So, unless he scored in like some in like the cup or something, but but yeah, it was clear that Sheffield United's plan was to be physical. It's if you closed your eyes and thought if you hadn't seen Sheffield United play in the last two seasons, and someone asked you how Sheffield United would play, that was how they played this weekend. They <laughs> were physical. Uh, you know, Ollie McBurnley is is a twenty million pound shit house. <laughs> like he just throws himself around, and he's gonna, you know. And I've seen him cause problems for a few defenders here and there uh, this season. But yeah, he literally just throws himself into people, you know. And I suppose it, it makes sense uh, because obviously David Luiz started for us, and he came back into the starting lineup, and that's what I think. Um, I can't remember who was one of the commentators, uh, not the commentators, one of the the panel in the, the pundits, of the, and they they were saying like what I what I would do if I was a manager is I would tell my players to get in on David Luiz to be physical with him because he's prone to doing something stupid uh, and whatever. Yes. But, you know, he went, thankfully he went off injured, uh, and Rob Holding <laughs> come on who was a, a very cool head. Um, but yeah, it was it was after hearing so much, and I know we've had the jokes about the overlapping centre backs. And all that throughout the season. There's been there's been none of that this se- this since they came back from Sheffield United, and it it definitely wasn't here. Don't get me wrong, Arsenal weren't the most create creative and whatever, uh, but I wouldn't say we deserved to lose the game. And Sheffield United definitely didn't deserve to be in it because to say I put from my point of view, maybe I've got my rose tinted glasses on or whatever. I thought they were they were very Championship, and, and not a knock to the Championship, but yeah. Like it was like watching if Sam Allardyce had taken over Stoke. <laughs> um, oh, Arsenal, though, very go. interesting. Two left backs on the pitch, which is something that we've seen a few times from them, uh, mainly down to injuries. But um, I was going to ask you: was the system uh, was Tierney playing as like a third centre back, or was it left wing left back kind of scenario? So, I was trying to yeah, figure out from, from the players' so, heart. Yeah, when, I, when I saw the lineup, I thought Tierney is going to be the left back and Clash Natural play the wing back role. Because that's where he played in Germany. Like he wasn't really a, a, a defensive player in Germany. Um, but it was the exact opposite way around. Tierney was the furthest forward. 
Right. And he was brilliant. He was man of the match again. He was fantastic in midweek, and he was fantastic here. His positional sense. So in midweek he played, and he was he was the left back in midweek, and he did not go forward at all. It was as if he'd been told like, look, you stay, you shore us up at the back and defend, and he did it. He he curbed his attacking instinct because he's he's like an Andy Robertson, isn't he? He likes to go forward. Mm. Uh, there was none of that for him in in, in the week. Um, but then in this game he, he he moved up and played the further role and he had a bit more a bit more, few more opportunities to go forward. Um, yeah, he he was he was really good. The only reason I can think that we did it that way is because obviously Lundstrom plays down the right and he's obviously one of Sheffield United's most creative players. Um, that burger came on for him again and didn't really do much for their club record signing. Um, no, he's he's been a bit disappointed, hasn't he? Well, I mean, obviously he's new to the league and whatever else, but. Um, he hasn't. I, I can't say I've anything. I, I've noticed him do anything of, yeah. of note so far. There were a couple of big clubs looking at him though, so there must be something about him. Um, but I said there was, there was very little creatively from the Sheffield United team apart from you know pump the ball into the box and get a big lad on the end of it. Um, and he, he and the thing is he look he looks like he's quite a big tall player as, as well himself. But um, but yeah uh, yeah Tierney was absolutely excellent. He got I think he was man of the match. Um, Basham gave away the softest penalty I've ever seen. Like, what? Why he 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 makes that tackle? I, I, have you seen the penalty? I have. Yes, it was uh, soft to say the least. But but you but you do, but interestingly, usually when Arsenal get these sorts of decisions, people are like, "Oh, that's never a penalty." Lacazette made the most of it, and, and yes, Lacazette did probably make the most of it. But I don't think anyone would argue it's a penalty. He's come through the back of him for one. It, yeah. But there's, yeah, there's, what Basham thought he was doing, I, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, but yeah, Arsenal look really resolute, which is against a physical team like this. This is a game we would normally lose against a team who wants to come and, and f- throw it around and be physical. Uh, as soon as they equalised, I'll be honest, I thought that was it. I thought we were done. I thought that they, they're just going to bombard us now. And, uh, I think uh, I think if they'd gone extra time, it would have been uh, very interesting to see how you came back mm-hmm. from you know from obviously conceding a late goal and all that goes with that. But Sabios took his goal very well. I mean, it's poor yeah. goalkeeping. You probably have to say again. Yeah, but, I was, uh, I, I was going to say like sorry, Justin, but uh, yeah, Dean Anderson should not be uh, beaten there. Can, I know he come racing out to try and close the angle, which is a good thing to do as a goalkeeper. But to be beaten at your near post from that angle. Um, He's shocking, and I, I don't think it's the first time we've had this conversation about Dean Anderson. It's probably not, but the problem is he's got is that the better he does, the more his performance is going to be magnified. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because you can see exactly as you say, he's what he's trying to do. But Ceballos is just too cute for him and, and spots that gap. Mm-hmm. Probably a, probably a less talented player wouldn't have seen the gap. Um, but you know that's that's life at the top level, isn't it? It is. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll... I was impressed with Arsenal. Uh, not to the great degree where I'm going to sit here and say they're going to finish in the top five uh, and get into European football. Um, you know, I think I think a team with any more attacking nous who didn't just try and rely on the physicality against us uh, probably would have have got a little bit more out of us. And and yeah, maybe if it had gone to extra time, um, it's it's hard to tell how they would have um, reacted to it. But they say they reacted literally straight away and went up the other end and scored, which fair play. So can't can't really ask for anymore. But I mean, what you what you would say from Arsenal's point of view is we we sat here last week and said you know it's a crisis. Brighton 
beat you and uh, it was all and obviously Man City turned you over which isn't that much of a surprise but since then two good wins away from home as well against mm-hmm. teams who as you say Southampton no mugs um, alright the better away from home but on the form book probably was a bit of a 50-50 game likewise Sheffield United two tough games and you've won them both yeah and that's it it's looking look it it looks pretty good um but then again you, you don't know i think we play norwich next who could spank us 5-0 well home <laughs> home game with norwich who've got one center back um obviously if you win you go to 46 points which will be you'll go over ahead of spurs or Sheffield united because they're playing each other so you probably only got one player on the table but it's not that's, that bad, is it? No, I mean. no, not really. I say we, we've got quite a. After the Norwich game, we, I think we've got quite a. I think we've got like Wolves, Leicester, Spurs, Liverpool uh, in a run, which obviously isn't a nice run of games. So to, to try and you know grab as many points as we can at the moment, you know, and see if we can eke out some kind of a system. Because I think I think Arteta is still trying to find his best system that works for the players he's got at the club as well. I'll tell you what, you weren't joking, like, were you? Norwich, and you've got Wolves away, Leicester at home, Spurs away, Liverpool at home, and then Man City in the Cup. Yeah. <laughs> well. It's not, le- not, not a fun run. Um, lean, lean times in the Chris household, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah my, my cats don't come near me at the moment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, another bright spot was um, Eddie. He looks more and more like Ian Wright every time I watch him play. Honestly, he said that was like Eddie McGoldrick, but it was David McGoldrick, Eddie, and of course Eddie, you mean Eddie, you were Eddie and Ketia, right? Eddie and Ketia. <laughs> um, absolutely fantastic player. He 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 hustles uh, like obviously he's, he's, he's scored in in, in the week uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, looks a really good player, and you know there's there's talk that he Arteta rates him highly enough that Lacazette will probably be on his way out. And to be fair, he, Lacazette's been poor, especially away from home this season. He's I don't. I don't think his record away from home is that great for us in general. Um, but yeah, Laka Laka was quite poor in this game. To be fair, he just doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem to be in it. If you know what I mean. When things are going well, when we're winning four nil, and him and Abamyang having you know having fun doing their little celebrations, he looks great. But when we're up against it in tight games, I, I don't think it's he's the he's the right player. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, you know. Uh, whether we just go all out for the FA Cup now or, you know, think we can maybe get something uh, out of these games. You know, if we can if we can tighten up just a little bit more, I think maybe we could get maybe six points out of those four games at least um, of that run. But, you know, Leicester have been a bit iffy at the moment. And, you know, um, Spurs, you know, you never know which Spurs are going to turn up. So we shall see. Uh, we'll come on to the last two quarterfinals now then, Dave. Uh Top four uh, rivals, Leicester and Chelsea, faced each other in the quarterfinal. Um, James Madison missed the game for Leicester. Uh, he's got a hip injury. Uh, shouldn't keep him out for too long, though, apparently. Uh, Chelsea made a few changes, bringing in uh, uh, Willie Caballero in goal and highly rated Billy Gilmore coming in for mid- in midfield, uh, playing some of their younger players. Although Frank Lampard very quickly changed his mind about that. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, this is another one where I saw the teams and Leicester were pretty much full strength bar Madison's injury um, whereas Chelsea rotated what the entire back four I think and the goalkeeper um, and obviously Gilmore was in and stuff like that and I thought this is there for the taking for Leicester 
Um, and for a little bit of time it was, and then they just lost their way, as has been the case in the last few games. And uh, I've really been surprised at how much Leicester have fallen off. And again, I don't know whether it's just because teams have figured out how to play them, uh, or whether Vardy's a bit out of form or what, but um, from where they were at December when they lost Liverpool, where they were, you know, people saying they could be title challenges if they win this game, and, you know, obviously an awful lot of other stuff happens. They lost that game, and I would love to know, I would love to see their form since then, because it can't be any more than five wins in the league. Yeah, because I think they were dropping off before the, the lockdown, weren't they? I know they were the last team to... They played Villa in the last Premier League game before everything shut down, didn't they? Yeah, and they won that in the end, yeah. I mean, that was when Pepe Reina was playing kamikaze all night and uh, just went away from them a bit towards the end. But, um, I mean, Leicester lost to Villa over two legs in the League Cup semis as well, which I think had an effect on them. Uh, I think they probably expected to make the final there. And to lose to, to Villa, who aren't, well, they haven't been good all season. I know we've just talked about them being 19th. You'd be expecting a side who was third, fourth, whatever, to beat them over two legs. Uh, and I don't know if that's, you know, knocked the stuff out of them a bit, but I watch them now and I used to really enjoy watching Leicester. If you think when Leicester and Chelsea met before the lockdown, probably must have been maybe January or February, I think it was, they drew 2 2, it was end to end, it was a bit like a basketball match. Um, really enjoyable. And here, Leicester just. Went out, fell out of puff very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, I think, they had a couple of headed chances for, for like Soyuncu, that kind of thing. But they just don't look the same. Yeah, best chance fell to Johnny Evans, which kind of says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, that's kind of how it was. The, the, I can't remember. That, I can't remember that chance, but I'm guessing it was from a set piece, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Ball pumped over a header. Um, I've seen a few Leicester fans saying that they are missing Pereira, their right back, who's been quite an attacking threat for them uh, he's not playing at the moment is it the young lad Justin or something they've got playing yeah he doesn't look too bad to be honest but I mean Pereira's Pereira's world class I mean he's he's what a, he's a European Championship winner just a few years ago he's uh, he's very very good at what he does and he, it's a bit like if you took Trent Alexander out of um, Liverpool's team you know you'd feel it mm-hmm. um, because if teams defend deep having a full back who's able to attack like a winger obviously makes all the difference uh, and I think, in that regard, Leicester are missing him. Chilwell, obviously, is still praying away down the other side. Um, I don't know, like, what do you think about Vardy? Do you think he looks he looks finished almost? I don't know if that's just me, but he doesn't he look has, like the same he, player. He, he has these runs, doesn't he, where he, he doesn't score. Like, look at when Puel uh, was in charge before Rodgers came in. He, he just went off the boil for whatever reason, and then suddenly Brendan Rodgers coming in, he got a spring in his step again, uh, and just hit that massive purple patch. It's only a matter of time until that fizzled out there, really, because, you know, he's, he's getting on a bit, and, you know, after having a, a break of three months, you, it's all right having, saying you can keep fit, like running around your garden or whatever, but <laughs> it's, it's not the same, is it? And, you know, and it is possible that he, he just isn't, isn't back at full sharpness yet. Yeah, I mean, I know he's had a few kind of niggling injuries since um, since the turn of the year, calves and things, which kept him out of a couple of games. I think even that last game when they won against Villarreal, he came on because he'd been injured. Um, I think he might be onto something there with a the three-month break. I think he's one of those players who just hits hits the straps, and, and then once he's in that run, it's very hard to stop him. But getting up to full pelt for him probably isn't as easy as it used to be. He must be, as you say, thirty-two. Is he? Uh, well, he's he must, a, he's a he must, beast, isn't he? Yeah. 
I, I mean, it almost seems daft to be talking about him in this in this vein because it was only a few months ago we were saying, you know, get him back in the England squad, he's still as good as he ever was. Um, he's 33. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it's not, he's not... It's not retirement age, is it? But for a man who relies entirely on pace, pretty much, it's uh, it's not good news. Yeah, uh, off the field distractions as well with his uh, his his wife uh, being in the centre of a massive lawsuit. At <laughs> These things uh, can have an effect, I suppose. Well, I mean, he's got a new baby as well, hasn't he? I think he, he missed a game for the arrival of his new son or daughter. I can't remember what it is. Um, so he's obviously got a lot going on. Um, but as you say, we've written Vardy off before and he's come back. Yeah, that's it. This is when he scores in the next seven games, running yes. uh, five <laughs> Leicester into the Champions League. Um, Frank Lampard pulled off three of his young players. Uh, substituted. So yeah, four. Substituted Christ. Three, three of his young players. Old Frankie uh, Savile there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he took off uh, Gilmore, Reese James and Mason Mount. Uh to replace them with uh, uh, Barkley, Aspapaleta, and Kovacic. Uh, now, people made a big deal about this. Like, he was pulling off the inexperienced players. Uh, Rich James, I think, play, has played every game this season. He's very highly rated. Mason Mount is a full England international. Um, Gilmore, yes, he's still quite young and, and, and new to first-team football at a high level. But So you can't say these are inexperienced players, really, that he was pulling off. Uh, and I think Lampard made it clear in his interview that he could have taken more players off because they were lacklustre. So it wasn't necessarily a message to those three individual players. Uh, it was just more of a had to, he had to change the entire side up. Yeah, well, I think I mean Frank Lampard just turned around and said, "Well, he bought on Ross Barkley, who scored the winner." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was very and was very bright in the game as well. To be fair. Yeah, well, that's it, and. I mean, as you said, Gilmore, very young. Um, there's not very many players who come through at his age and are world-class every single game. Um, so I think we'll forgive him. Uh, Mount plays every single match ever. As we said last week, pretty sure he's Lampard's son. So <laughs> we'll, um, we'll forgive him having a, having a half-off. Um, and Rhys James, as you say, well, as for Laquette as the captain, I don't really blame Lampard for wanting to get some uh, some more experience on. Um, and uh, Fundamentally... Like, well, totally bold move. The type of thing that his old manager Mourinho would have done. Um, in fact, I think he did do it in a cup tie at Newcastle once. Um, if it had been Mourinho, though, all the headlines would have been about him mistreating young players. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but I don't think you can blame Lampard. I say they were they were second best for the first half, and in the second half, they, they well were much better and also won the game. So. That's what he's paid to do. I don't really see the problem with it. Cash for Schmeichel made a fantastic save from Pulisic. And I'm sure I watched Leicester's last game where he made a fan- some fantastic saves in, in, in well, that game as well. I saved a pen, didn't he, against Brighton? Um, oh, God, yeah. Saved uh, more post penalty as well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Cash for Schmeichel is, is, you know, probably in the top five keepers in the league. Yeah, he's very good. Jonathan Pearson, he's not overrated. High. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I think he's been there such a long time. Um, I feel like he's he's always improved like year on year to the point where you probably don't appreciate how good he's become. Mm-hmm. Um, but you very rarely talk about Schmeichel making a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say, I'll and I, 
the save he made from Pulisic, you could see like he's got such strong wrists because you see when oh, got... he, he makes those one-handed saves, the yeah. ball doesn't just hit his hand and bounce off; it hits his hand and flies. I was going to ask you about that one towards the end where Chelsea made a hash of what was essentially a four-on-two. I thought Barker ended up having the yeah. shot, but it was like Kasper Schmeichel palmed it, well, wristed it down into the ground and bounced like back over himself. It was weird, but mm-hmm. he managed to hell of a save, really. Yeah, he, but yeah, you see it a few times. I think I don't think it was in the Brighton game, but I think it might have been their game last weekend. Uh, he made a save where very similar to the Pulisic one, where he gets he gets one hand to it. And whereas normally when the keeper hits the hits it with his one hand, the ball goes to that side, doesn't it? And and, and trickles out of play or whatever because all the momentum has come out of it uh, when it, it hits the goalkeeper's hand. But it was very similar to this Pulisic situation where he hit his hand and just flew off in a completely different direction, but away from the goal. And like he, he's, his wrists must be like fused steel or something because his hand just it doesn't <laughs> absorb the impact. It just the ball just bounces away. Um, but yeah, no, very, very impressed by him. You know, is he in his thirties yet? Who, Casper Schmeichel? Yeah. I mean, he's been it around was... forever. Hasn't it? I remember, I remember when he was starting for Man City. That was in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, so he is thirty-three. Yeah, so I reckon he's still got a few decent seasons in him. So if he oh, definitely to, to the Emirates for a, a couple of seasons. <laughs> Yeah, you, um, you wish. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I, I've been really impressed with him. He's a bit of a dickhead when he opens his mouth. Um, but yeah, really impressed with him. Um, uh, but so is his dad, so I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, what, chance, what chance he got? I suppose. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I wasn't overly impressed with Chelsea in this game, but they, they did enough to win against uh, yeah, a Leicester team that uh, were a little yeah, bit lacking. I think, I think considering he changed his entire team, uh, and played against a team who was, you know, on paper third in the league and almost full strength to get through without conceding. <sighs> Massive result for Frank Lampard, yeah. I think. Yeah, I say they beat Man City in, in, in midweek as well. So Chelsea, are, you know, do, do, doing really good things at the moment. But it, it's interesting. We'll, obviously, we'll come on to the last game at the moment. But when the FA Cup draw was being made at half-time yesterday, Chelsea, out of the four teams that were left, Chelsea were the team I would was looking to have drawn. Well, you can get at them, can't you? You know yeah. they've got the, the centre back aren't the best. Well, Dave, I don't know if you've met um, David Louise and uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> <Shukran yes. Masafe. laughs> but, um But yeah, so yeah, I, I was I was definitely hoping to have drawn Chelsea. Uh, we will come on to the last quarter final then, Dave. Your boys in the hunt for cup glory uh, for the first were time they, since were they? <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve Bruce said this was the biggest game of the season. Uh, you wouldn't have known it by the way they played. <laughs> absolutely wouldn't, would you? Uh, I'm just massively disappointed by it, to be honest. Um, not that I expect to win, but I expect us to try. Uh, and I know he tried to you know, do the old tie them out, five at the back, and then hit them on the break later on. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you've got to at least get up the field at some point or another. And what was noticeable was that when we lost the ball, I was like, oh, well, we lost the ball, never mind. When Man City lose the ball, bloody hell, they go hammer and tongs to get it back. <laughs> like, even a 2 0 up, they were so much hungrier for the ball than we were. Uh, and I know they're better players than us, but that's desire. Like, that's not talent. Like, I mean, that's just, you know, following a game plan and doing, you know, doing everything you can for your manager. Um, and this is what we've said about Bruce all along is that he, you know, he'll bumble along and pick up results. But when it comes to, 
the biggest games, he doesn't have that extra kind of ace up his sleeve. I mean, his ace of the whole here was to put Fabian Scherer in midfield, despite you know him being a centre back. You can kind of see what he's trying to do though on paper at the when when like Andy Carroll starts, you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're thinking, okay, the ball's going to go long. Carroll's going to hold it up. Almiron and San Maximan are going to run through. Because that Man City defence, if you've got players like that running at them, they're not the best, to be fair. Otamendi is a mistake waiting to happen, as we saw in the game. Um, but th- again, it was like they f- forgot to do that. Yeah, that's well, the problem. As soon as the teams came out, we said, well, Carroll's great at holding the ball up, but you've got to get players within 30 yards from and we just never did. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that system, I was almost saying, well, you may as well play San Maximum as your striker and just play the channels and stuff like that, and just try and get up the field that way. Mm-hmm. Um, at least you can you know, take your throws and stuff and try and get territory that way. But yeah. we no. were miles away from where we needed to be to get a result out of this. No Shelby either, who in that kind of system would have been quite valuable, yeah. I reckon. He was, he's capable of that quarterback style pass, isn't he? He was carrying a knock, which is why he was a sub. Oh, um, I mean, to be honest, I would have thought if he was injured, just don't put him on the bench at all. But uh, apparently he was injured beforehand, which is why Cher played in midfield in the second half, because he's got a decent range of passing. Mm-hmm. Um, which he does, but he also hasn't played for three months. So same with Sean Longstaff. How unfair was it to put him in his first game since Christ knows when against De Bruyne? He hasn't even had any sub appearances. It's just like, you know... Go and play against the best in the world at the minute. Ah, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, to be fair, you absorbed Man City for the majority of the game. Uh, 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 you went behind to, to the most ludicrous penalty. Not the most ludicrous penalty decision, but the most uh, ludicrous... Uh, the whole scenario. like Yeah, was it Fernandez? It was Cher. Um, Sh- oh, it was Cher. Um, I wasn't sure if it was Cher but... or Fernandez. But yeah, but... what they were thinking... Well, not helped by the BBC saying, ah, it's a free kick. And I was like, sure the rest point of the spot. <laughs> and like, Man City players weren't really appealing for it, but obviously no, you, just, you, you, saw, you saw it happen. You're like, he's pushed him, but probably get away with that. And then you're thinking, has he given offside or what? Like, what's going on? And then, yeah, it's a pen. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think... As soon as it went one 0 down, that was it. You have to you had to stay in that game for as long as possible. And to be honest, like I know Gail missed the chance, but Steve Bruce would be relieved that he missed that chance because now people can turn back at that and say, "Oh yeah, um, you know, if that goes in, it's a different game." In reality, we were four or five goals worse than Man City. It was just hanging on for daylight for the most part. Yeah, I say Sterling made it two 0 with a, a quality finish as well. But yeah. I have to agree with everything you say. Man City were were fantastic, but um, yeah, that Gale missed though. Gee, he don't just come on as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he did it against Villa midweek. He came on after something ninety seconds. He scored with more or less his first touch, um, which you know he hasn't scored all season. I don't think, but he scored there. Um, he should, obviously you don't need me to tell you he should have scored here, but uh, he's just not good enough for, for the top level, but. It doesn't matter how... Any striker should be able to put that in from there. Mm-hmm. Say, there's, there's, there is no um, no shame in, in losing into Man City, I suppose, but I, I imagine putting up a bit more of a fight. Uh, well, well exactly. Um, 
Um, yeah. No fans in the ground might have been a blessing then, I suppose, because I imagine um, people in the gro- in the ground wouldn't have probably wouldn't have been happy to sit and watch their team absorb that much pressure. I suppose it's good good practice. Well, there's nothing wrong with like, with absorbing the pressure. Like you know, Rafa did it. I think it was the first one really did against Man City to play mega negative tactics, which Gary Neville lost a shit about probably two or three years ago now. Um, but then he did it again and obviously beat him last January. Um, so it can be done. It's just got to be carried out properly. Um, and I don't think Bruce has the, the nous to do it properly. You could also argue he doesn't have the same personnel. I think someone like Rondon made a huge difference in that system Rafa would play because he could he could do everything. He could he could you know hold it up and he had a bit of pace about him as well. So it wasn't a case of you know defeat or not at all. Um, Rondon was able to, to do a bit of everything. So. It's all about having the right personnel to, to, to play that same system. But uh, I think what we have found from this lockdown is um, without fans, the best team will win more often than not. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of 12th man or great level or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, FA Cup semi-final then is uh, Arsenal versus Man City, uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United. Uh, they are the last four teams to have won the Cup. As well. Yeah, isn't it? It, it's Quite. strange. It's weird though this season because the, like the FA Cup's usually pretty special, and there's usually that one team that makes it into like the semis or something, and does and does really does really well. But there's none of that this season, and uh, um, I suppose you could class Arsenal as that plucky mid-table team uh, <laughs> that are in there with the big boys at the moment. <coughs> uh, I, di- I really didn't want to get Man City though because obviously since they've relinquished the um, the title to uh, champions Liverpool, who then promptly burnt their, their own city down to celebrate. <laughs> um, they, they're going to be quite hungry uh, for success there. Um, so I, I couldn't call a winner, especially right now. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's it then. That's all the weekend's football. It's quite an uneventful weekend, really. Um, I, I imagine all the midweek games will be where all the action is this week. Well, that's it. I mean, we're watching... Palace and Burnley right now, and uh, it hasn't gone any better. Put it that way. <laughs> I got quite excited. I'm, I mean, Amazon... that, that VAR decision just—I was like, "Oh, something uh, happened." Amazon must have been so delighted when someone kindly donated them this match. <laughs> 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 of, all, of all the games you could have had, they're showing them on Twitch now as well, aren't they? Yeah, because they, they, like they've given it a free platform, haven't they? Which is, you know, fair enough. But uh, this hasn't been the best advert for yeah, football. Definitely. So BT Sport, you started off getting terrible games, didn't it? And obviously that still hasn't changed. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, anything else you'd like to add for this week then, Dave? Um, no, I think uh, so I'm looking forward to the, the midweek games. Um, it's more interesting at the bottom now than the top, really, obviously with the league being sewn up. But uh, mm-hmm. that battle for fourth is interesting more so because how the hell is the Champions League going to happen next season? I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's still no real indication of when the season's going to even like next season's even going to start. Are they going to have a break? Uh, are they just going to go straight like have two weeks off and go straight into it? I know the transfer window apparently has been set in Germany uh, till October. So are they looking yeah. that their season's going to start in October? Back? I, no, I think I read this the other day. I think they're hoping to get the new season start in the middle of September, and the transfer window runs till the middle of October. I think. Yeah. But whether they do it all in line with the European leagues or not is anyone's guess. Like 
the Premier League always seems to want to do its own thing because we know best, apparently. Oh yeah, of course, of course. D- we're, we're, despite we're... lot, <laughs> lots of evidence to the contrary on that. But <laughs> we're the Premier League, Dave. Yeah, the best in the world at making terrible decisions, but lots of money. <laughs> uh, please go ahead and pimp all of your socials, your Championship Manager podcast, and everything, please. Yeah, so um, all my stuff is on Twitter at cm9798, and the website is cm9798.co.uk. Uh, as Chris says, we also have Champman on the Post, which is on this very network, uh, and uh, today, which is Monday for those listening in the past, uh, we um, released. The latest episode, all about Chaman or one or two. A bumper episode as well, I say. Yeah, so I mean, we've always done it as a one um, and had like one long episode rather than two or three small ones. So this one's just over two hours long. So maybe one to listen to a little bit every day of your working week. But uh, it'll be worth it. We've got some good guests on there talking about yes, one of the most popular games. I am looking forward to listening to that tomorrow. Uh, you can find us at Man on the Post on Twitter, Instagram, Grinder. Bumble, Bebo, MySpace, all of those things. Um, is Bebo still a thing? Habo Hotel? I don't know, I'm old. Um, we <laughs> will be back next weekend, uh, but we will also, I believe, Ali uh, last week did a, a midweek review for the uh, w- w- uh, the midweek games. Uh, I, I think they're following the same format, so there's quite a, there's a decent amount of games up until Wednesday, isn't there? And then there's a couple on Thursday again. Uh, and, and, and stuff like that so check out the feed for that obviously the extra time guys will be around on friday to round up everything else uh, and possibly some of the european action i think the bundesliga is just finished uh, and obviously spain is quite exciting apparently i tend not to watch it uh and that is it then uh dave thank you very much for joining me thank you it was uh, a pleasure good. yeah always great to chat to you sir and that is it from us always remember to keep your man on the post.